Hello and welcome to episode 242 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson and Jacob. And we've got a big signing to announce today. It's not a player, but a coach. The Blue Jays bring in Dog Mattingly as their future bench coach. He'll join John Schneider on the staff this year. Bryson, Jacob, how are you guys? Well, doing good, Mark. Uh, I think this was definitely not... Like, none of us saw this one coming. And then, of course, the news came this week uh, that Don Mattingly will be joining the Blue Jays coaching staff. So definitely a interesting move and, of course, something that we have lots to talk about today as well. I should also mention, probably should stop with the World Cup predictions after what we said uh, last <laughs> episode. Didn't work out for Canada, unfortunately. And, um, yeah, I mean, the World Cup's been wild, though. And I know Germany's another team who didn't get out of their group. That's a popular team, so... Yeah, uh, definitely not what happened, uh, or at least nothing what happened was what we predicted last week, so we're going to sit this one out now for any future World Cup predictions. I have no idea what happened. No, I'm kidding. Okay, I know what happened. I know Canada was winless at the World Cup. I'm kidding, but no, the Blue Jays, you know, right before winter meetings, make a big slash, sign a very uh, very well-known first baseman to help with their... No, I'm kidding. He... He's not a first baseman. He's a coach at this point, but uh, Don Mattingly, obviously, with the Blue Jays, I like it. I mean, honestly, I don't really think anybody that has a problem with it or there is anybody with a problem with it. He's been in baseball forever playing with the Yankees and then obviously lots of coaching experience, which we'll get into. But I think it's a good signing. I think this bolsters the just the entire coaching staff. And I've seen a few people say that, oh, now John Schneider's on the hot seat. And if he messes up, then they're just going to promote Mattingly to the manager. This guy hasn't even played a spring training game with the team Let's not make those predictions. The John Schneider's their manager, bench coaches, uh, entire coaching staff. I like, and I think this just bolsters it. Jacob, you're coming in hot this morning with the jokes, if you can even call them that. I guess neither of us laughed at them, but there's going to be somebody <laughs> in the YouTube comments or somewhere that laughs. So you know what? I'm going to keep making them. Everyone loves Jacob on YouTube, so I don't know. Whatever. I don't know why. Okay. I don't like. I mean, I'll take it, but I don't know. Like, I don't know where it's coming from. They're your burner accounts. No, they're not. I'm just okay. Well, <laughs> let's on. jump. Yeah, let's <laughs> jump into Don Mattingly. He is now on the Blue Jays coaching staff, and as we've talked about, this is a move that came out of nowhere for the Blue Jays. It was a surprise, really, from the moment we kind of first heard of it, which was when Don Mattingly was on the show podcast, which is a New York Post podcast with Joel Sherman and John Heyman, and he kind of teased the fact that he was in conversations and had received a couple offers, but there was really one team that stood out to him as a potential fit that could lure him back into the coaching side of things, and that turned out to be the Toronto Blue Jays, and we saw him the next day be named the Blue Jays bench coach, and um, I mean, obviously he brings a lot of experience to the team. He brings a lot of experience wherever he goes, seven years as manager of the Miami Marlins, manager prior to that of the Los Angeles Dodgers, and of course 14 years in the majors with the New York Yankees. You don't get coaches who are much more experienced than Don Mattingly. I'm curious, I guess, just start the conversation off with you guys. What do you think he brings to this team in terms of his expertise and his experience in the majors? What will that add to the Blue Jays? Why do you think 
this addition is so important for them. Well, I think the the key here is this team, and Don Mattingly himself said it, this team has a bright future. They just need, I think, the right people to to harness that future and to really keep that group collectively motivated but also focused. And I'm just going to read off a few of his career highlights. Six-time All-Star, AL MVP, nine gold gloves, three silver sluggers, a batting champion, an RBI leader back in the 80s, manager of the year with the Dodgers, or excuse me, with the... Yeah, those no, with the Marlins, sorry, in 2020. Um, team captain for the Yankees, retired number, but like this guy, he's done a million things throughout his career. And if, if you're looking for somebody to really just bring that experience, I think that he's the guy to do it. And you're looking at, you know, one of the things, um, even you look at players like Bo Bichette, the defensive struggles. I know Teoscar Hernandez is not here, but the defensive struggles, the Guriel questionable roots. This team needs, I think that, that old leader they need that guy that's been there all throughout his career and just been been in baseball all throughout his career and he's 61 years old something like that he's been in baseball since he was in his 20s like he he has been in this game all throughout his life and I think that that's what this team really needs is they just I like John Schneider as a manager it's nothing against him by saying that they need a leader it's just they need that person that's been there their entire life or and this is I think the it, it's not the big signing that I think a lot of people expected. You still need to improve the on-the-field performance and the product that you're putting on that field. But I think if you're looking for somebody that can work with John Schneider, this is one I think that, without a doubt, is probably the best move that they could have made. And you're looking at it, I think, comparing it to last year, Charlie Montoya and John Schneider, that combo is nothing compared to John Schneider and Don Mattingly. Like, this coaching staff, is it's... You even throw in guys like Pete Walker. I think that this team really does have a lot of experience behind the bench. And I think that will make a bigger difference than people are realizing. And even though most of the field or most of the players on the field is not necessarily going to be changing, although there are some changes, I think that just changing things behind the scenes will do a lot for this team. And I think that it's going to surprise a lot of people how many different little things that will change throughout the team throughout the years. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I don't think it's too much of a surprise to know the impact that he would bring. Of course, he's a guy who's decorated in baseball forever. Jacob, you read all of his career highlights and pretty much all of his accomplishments and then, of course, transitioning to his coaching career. So I don't think people are surprised by that at all. Of course, I think it's going to be a significant addition, a great addition. I think the surprise for me comes of, I guess, just how quickly this happened or how quiet this was behind the scenes until he kind of teased the news when he was on that uh, that podcaster show when you were mentioning Mark he teased that there was a team but he wouldn't say who and then of course the report came out uh, a few days after maybe even before that about the Jays being a finalist and of course uh, the deal after that came came together quickly uh, or came together very quick so that's going on with that and I just I find it very I don't know like I think it's a it's just really odd to for me when I heard the news about that of course I love it it's just something that I think would have least predicted that we we would be talking about this offseason with Don Mattingly um being here is something definitely would none of us would have predicted on that so we know that he had lots of opportunities and I even think he went out and kind of extended that saying there was also front office opportunities that he had as well so this was somebody who clearly was open to anything and of course the Jays were the team that uh pretty much influenced him the most to potentially join and of course that's what he did as a bench coach so we know that the bench coach uh position was obviously John Schneider's when he became the interim manager it went to Casey Candel so I think we're under the assumption that 
unless Casey Candell is remains on the staff in some different role, um, he will be going back down to the minor leagues. So that's pretty much what's going on or in terms of the aftermath of that position uh, altogether. The question for me, and Mark, you brought this up in our group chat um, a few days, or the day it happened, is what I wonder is who made this decision? Because if you're a manager, usually, usually, of course, in most cases, you're the guy that says, I want this guy, I want that guy, I want that guy. Uh, I was part of my, I guess, management or part of my coaching staff. For me, in this case, I don't necessarily think it was probably John Schneider's first thought. Of course, this is me completely guessing. Maybe it was. Maybe this was more that I believe this was more of a front office driven decision. Maybe they kind of, I guess, pointed John Schneider towards Don Mattingly. And maybe this was something that came up, came from the front office saying, we know, you know, you are the guy, you're the manager, um, but we, we need experience. And Don Mattingly obviously checks all those boxes. The question would be, is he willing to come here? And of course, we got that answer this week when he did. So I think it was Ross Atkins who met with him, or it was about a month ago, and they kind of hit it off right away from what I understand from what I saw. And that kind of, I guess, began discussions or began the idea of potentially bringing over Don Mattingly. So that's my question uh, in terms of who was the one who actually influenced the decision. But again, I don't think any of us are complaining. And the other thing I look at is, Jacob, you kind of touched on this a little bit with the difference that you're going from Charlie Montoyo and John Schneider to John Schneider as the manager and then Don Mattingly as your bench coach. Of course, we know all the experience and all of that. But the other thing I look at is just the presence of Don Mattingly. You touch on it a bit once again, saying like these are two completely different styles of what we saw from last year to this year. Of course, the rumblings that we heard throughout the year and even the aftermath of the Charlie Montoyo firing was the accountability factor was a big reason for why the Jays made the decision of, you know, not exactly showing or making people take accountability as much as they should. John Schneider was a guy who did that more, and we even saw that throughout games last year. There would be people making mistakes, and the broadcast would always cut to it in a commercial break with John Schneider going directly to the person and addressing whatever the heck happened on the field, showing accountability. So Don Mattingly, on the the other hand, I assume is very similar with that. And of course, it's just... Again, like this is a team who likes to have fun in the dugout. There's the home run jacket. I think you guys know where I'm going with this. There's the whole there was the whole pirate celebration thing last year. Like Don Mattingly isn't, from what I understand, isn't like full. You know, he he wasn't part of type of those cultures. He's more old school, like you said, Jacob. And I just wonder how that kind of shifts it a little bit. And maybe if this team will look different in that sort of way, I don't know how different, but maybe a little bit. Of course, Teoscar Hernandez was one of the main guys in that locker room. And of course, the guy who was, you know, a guy that was always smiling and having fun. He was the guy leading the whole victory uh, flag wave with the pirate celebration. It's just, it's it's definitely a different culture with Don Magley that's coming in. So I wonder how different that will look. Maybe it won't look different at all. I just, that's just me kind of wondering because of the presence of Don Mattingly, somebody who's obviously been in the game for so long, and we all know the sideburns jokes that were kind of coming afterwards after he was hired, and of course, we all know the stories of that previously when he was with Miami, so that's one thing where I look at and question a little bit, but at the end of the day, I really like the hiring, I really like the experience that he's bringing, I think it's definitely needed for John Schneider, who's going to be somebody who is taking his his first full year as a manager with that manager title, and he's going to be helping John Schneider along the way, he's going to be influencing him, helping him with decisions, and this is somebody who has lots of experience under his belt, I think it's really good for the staff. 
Yeah, I think the biggest impact of this deal is ultimately what it's going to do to the environment on the Blue Jays. And you mentioned like it's already been shifted because of Teoscar Hernandez, and it's only going to shift more with Don Mattingly as bench coach. And I mean, yeah, just taking the the long view, like going back a year to the start of the 2022 season and comparing that to where the Blue Jays are now in the environment that we're going to see at the start of the 2023 season, night and day, you know, in the different styles of Charlie Montoyo and, and John Schneider and then also Don Mattingly on the bench. So I think we're going to see a very different team atmosphere-wise. I don't know to what degree that's going to be. Like, I think I I think we're still going to see kind of that that – fun side of things like you mentioned Bryson the pirate flag celebrations and the home run jacket and the you know the the barrio at the end of the dugout laughing it up during games I still think we're going to see that but I think the atmosphere of you know accountability of dedication might change a little bit and honestly for the better probably after some of the problems we saw this past year um, just going back to one of the things you were talking about earlier, kind of who made this decision. We know that obviously a bench coach works hand in hand with the manager, probably the closest person to the manager in a major league team. And I think the impression that I get is that this was kind of steered by Ross Atkins until the final few choices emerged. And that's when John Schneider kind of had his say, because like you said, uh, um, Ross Atkins said that he kind of started conversations with Don Mattingly about a month ago and they kind of hit it off and they started, the Blue Jays started with a list of, I think it was over 40 candidates for bench coach. They narrowed it down to four and then that's when Schneider stepped in and kind of had his say about who he wanted to be on the bench. So a little bit of both, but I would say, you know, the fact that Adkins got the final say on narrowing it down from 40 to four tells you a lot about who made the decision in this situation and who had the upper hand in terms of making the decision. So I think that's interesting. Not to say that Mattingly is a bad fit for Schneider or Schneider's a bad fit for Mattingly. I think they'll work well together. I don't think they would have agreed to work together if they didn't think they were going to be a good fit and do a good job with the major league team. I just think it's interesting the way that decision is made, especially nowadays in baseball. Um, you also mentioned Casey Kendall. He is going back to AAA. He's managing the the Bisons. The Blue Jays announced that when they announced Don Mattingly was joining the Blue Jays coaching staff. Um, the other thing I want to ask you guys about is the impact this has on the team itself. Like we talked about some of the issues that emerged last year. I'm still a believer in the fact that the issues last year were far bigger than accountability. It was simply problems with roster construction. It was not having a good enough bullpen. It was not having a deep enough starting rotation. It was not having a diverse enough lineup. And I stand by the fact that those were the three big issues with the team last year and that the accountability issues with the team come after that. So I'm a little bit worried. I don't know if worried's the right word. I've seen some people who are genuinely worried. I'm just interested in whether this deal, this signing, if you want to call it that, of Don Mattingly is going to kind of throw some people off. Like if Ross Atkins does this and says, well, this solves the problem of the 2022 Blue Jays, when in actuality, the problem in my mind is really the roster construction and you need to make big improvements there. So that's something that I'm going to be watching for the rest of the offseason, of course, 
entering next season. I'm curious if you guys are kind of thinking about it the same way. Honestly, I stand exactly with what you just said. Like this team needed, I think, to f- to focus a little more. And don't get me wrong, I love the home run jacket. I couldn't stand how many seeds Teoscar Hernandez wasted, but I enjoyed seeing how much fun that this team was having. Like it was, th- you can tell that they all want to be here, and I think for anybody that likes a Toronto team or just a Canadian team to see that players like being here, it's like like a message from like whatever higher power you believe in, because usually that does not happen. Usually players go elsewhere. And players clearly want to be here. And yeah, maybe it's because they're all on rookie deals still, but whatever. They want to be here. Let's hope they stay here. The problem is, is they do, I think, need to mature a little bit. And this is somebody, you know, John Schneider will definitely be accountable. I can't remember who it was, but there was, it might have been Guerrero, the time where he thought he had a home. Yeah, I think it was against the Yankees where he thought he had a home run, was jogging to first base, ended up being a double or what should have been a double, but then he was thrown out at first and John Schneider took him into the down the stairs and was talking to him that needs to happen and I think that Don Mattingly will be part of that but there's only so much that behind the scenes you can do before this team does need to legitimately improve on the field and we saw it this this past season the Mariners as much as it pains me to say beat the Blue Jays in game one and to some extent once they they came back beat the Blue Jays in game two and why was that their bullpen was able to shut them down. And Mark, you and I were at one game where the Blue Jays ended up, I think it was against the Orioles or Yankees or one of those two teams where Blue Jays had a lead. They ended up blowing it and the Orioles bullpen just shut them down. Like you need, you have a good bullpen. I think in Jordan Romano's your, your elite closer, you have that circle of trust. That's not necessarily going anywhere, but you need, you need another person that can just strike guys out and that can throw close to a hundred miles an hour that is definitely what I think needs to be improved about this team. The bullpen needs to be improved. Now the outfield genuinely needs to be improved because you just lost a silver slugger or a two-time silver slugger. Like, you need to improve that. Starting rotation's a bit of a different story. I mean, you don't have Ryu. Basically, what I'm getting at is all of the aspects of the team can be improved. And even the parts of the team where, like, you, you want to call it the infield isn't really going to change much. The players there need to improve defensively, or at least some of them do. So this cannot be the only move that happens. And I know winter meetings are just about to start. And really, the offseason has kind of just started. I know it's been almost a month at this point, but there's still a lot of time. But you cannot you cannot neglect the rest of the team and just say that, oh, well, we're going to improve the players by improving the manager. No, you also need to go go out and get players that will hopefully bring you to a World Series. Because at this point, you need another outfielder, if not two, and at least one more shutdown guy in that bullpen to compliment Jordan Romano. And I think they'll do it. I, I highly doubt that we'll go from Ryu to Springer to to um, Kevin Gosman, like all these big signings year after year after year to nothing in the 2022 offseason. Like I do think there is going to be something, but if there isn't, then I, I don't know. I, I, I'd i be very shocked to say the least if there was if there was not any type of move. And I think there will be, but there, realistically, there has to be or else this team, unfortunately, cannot compete for an AL East pennant, cannot compete for an American League pennant, and I don't think would be able to compete for a World Series trophy. Let me just add, Jacob, you love making Mariners jokes still to our group chat, so I don't know how much it really pains oh, you do. to say it anymore, but... <laughs> oh, I, I just love doing it. It's, it, it stings. It, it pains yeah. me to do it, but it's funny. Remember when it was 8-1? Well, it's funny for you, yeah. Um, but, All right, go on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. I, I, I think 
like I don't think any of us are concerned there's not going to be moves. It's just you look at the extent of just baseball right now. It's been slow, obviously, with the market. And this is something that we've seen in previous years, obviously not including last year, but years before, though, where it's kind of the offseason has kind of turned into something where it starts off very slow. And then the winter meetings is something where it kind of accelerates it. Of course, all GMs are meeting and it kind of makes sense to why. And obviously, agents are there, too. So it kind of makes sense to why. Perhaps the winter meetings speed up the process, and I think that's what Ross Atkins hinted at as well throughout all of baseball, that he would expect stuff to happen after the winter meetings. And, of course, he was speaking a lot uh, to the media there, even about the Jays. And, you know, the one word that he's been using, which I found really interesting, outside of, I guess, starting rotation, because he did admit that they're looking into that. He also said that right now they're more involved in free agency than the trade market, which is uh, definitely interesting, but, of course, it makes sense. Uh, but the word that has been used a lot from him before, and I guess a lot this offseason, is run prevention. So that's kind of adding starting rotation. And then on top of that, I guess you're also adding the whole defense aspect. So that's definitely something that he's been using a lot. Perhaps he's hinting at something or he's just being Ross Atkins, which is probably saying nothing. But he is speaking. So that's something that I think uh, is definitely worth noting. And of course, you know, the the whole, I guess the most obvious piece of news also was that he was uncommitted or uncommittal to, I guess, Yusei Kikuchi starting the season in the starting rotation. So I guess that also shows you that may, while he is using the, the word run prevention, he is definitely looking at adding possibly more than one starting pitcher. So that's something that uh, he's looking at as well. And I think that obviously changes the whole aspect of the roster construction. Mark, you were talking about it. They're definitely trying to change things. I mean... You know, he was also asked about the Teoscar Hernandez situation, and he was pretty much saying it's not, you know, he isn't really looking at the whole lefty aspect as much as, I guess, other people are. It's definitely fitting in defensive stuff, and it really seems like he's shifted here towards using that whole run prevention idea. So perhaps that's obviously a lesson learned from last year. We we obviously know how that looks, obviously, too, with the Teoscar Hernandez trade, where you're acquiring um, Eric Swanson for the bullpen. Run prevention, of course, on the con side of that, you're departing from a guy who was a silver slugger winner, like you said, Jacob. So that's something that is definitely worth noting uh, as the winter meetings start is that they're looking at run prevention, which definitely changes things compared to loading up on offense from what we've kind of seen from this team at the beginning of this competitive window. So perhaps you're seeing a little bit of a, um, a, a shift there. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if it happens during the winter meetings or afterward, moves are coming, which is definitely something that we all know. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here because – as much as he's hinting at free agency over trade market, trade market's something that he's also going to have to address. So it feels like it's going to be a really busy kind of end of the year type. And then, of course, as you shift to uh, January, where it is going to be really busy for him in particular. And, of course, once again, not a lot of signings have happened in baseball yet. Uh, there's been a few definitely, but there's a lot going on or there there will be a lot going on for everybody once that once we do get to the end of the year. So it's going to be... I guess when we look back at this at the beginning of the spring and kind of the whole idea of run prevention, seeing before and afterward of the offseason, I guess we will address that when the time comes. It's going to be definitely interesting to see if he follows through with that, of course, and what moves in particular he will make are yet to be seen. Yeah, the winter meetings are going to be really interesting for the Blue Jays. And, you know, as you mentioned, Ross Adkins had a lot to say about what we should expect from them. And run prevention seems to be his favorite word, as it always is. Um, but yeah, he said that we, 
I don't know if expect, but there should be some action on the Blue Jays side of things by the time the winter meetings come to an end. And yeah, he said they're more active in free agency than the trade market, which to me honestly kind of surprised me because we know they got to move a catcher at some point. And I would have expected them to be really active in that market right now, but maybe that market hasn't fully developed yet. And we're still waiting a little bit to see what goes on there. So I don't know. I was a little thrown off by that, but not hugely so. And then the thing that I found interesting that Ross Atkins said was he referenced the amount of spending that the Blue Jays have and the capacity that they have to spend from ownership. And basically, Ross Atkins said, quote, the Blue Jays are in a great position to spend this offseason because they are being financially supported by Rodgers and they have the capacity to do so which I think is really interesting because there's been a lot of talk this offseason about how much the Blue Jays can spend. And we talked about this, the importance of clearing Raymond Tapia and Teoscar Hernandez's contracts off the books so that the Blue Jays have more room to spend because we know the budget's already a little bit tight this year. And I think it's really important that, well, at least we're getting indications that they're in a great financial position to spend because that means they might be willing to go in and spend big on someone like Brandon Nimmo that we've talked about. So I find that interesting. Lots of interesting things to pick up on from what Ross Atkins said about the winter meetings. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything else you guys are paying attention to this offseason or things you want to pick up on that have been said over the last week? I don't know how much of the Aaron Judge sweepstakes you guys have been looking at, but it's getting interesting. It's either, I could be wrong, and I know this isn't Blue Jay related, but it's just baseball related, but this guy's looking to get a massive, massive pay raise, and I mean, we all expected that, but it would be interesting to see if he actually does leave the AL East, because I think Yankees fans would, they'd be very, very upset to say the least, and in the, the nicest way possible, like... If he goes to San Francisco, that'll be, I think, very interesting. I don't know how likely that is. Just thought I'd mention that, that not even, like, the Blue Jays have a lot of things they need to do, but if you're just a fan of baseball, there are a lot of things that you can be looking at right now, especially with guys like Verlander and, and Judge. Like, this could be a big shakeup for a lot of big players. Yeah, you also look at a guy like Jacob deGrom, too. And then there's, of course, other big names out there. There's Andrew Bogarts, too, with the Red Sox. Kind of AL East implications for the Jays. We know that Zach Eflin is likely going to be a Blue Jays killer now for the next three years as he's joining the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, don't get a good feeling with that at all. I mean, that was actually my question to you guys last week, or what I was going to ask you guys, was the Aaron Judge thing? Because, I don't know, the, the latest we've heard is that it's now 50-50, and we know that the Yankees offer got leaked which was around 300 million or something like that so yeah for eight years I assume the Giants are either going to match that or go over and it's going to be up to Aaron Judge to make that decision on what he wants to do um we obviously would love Aaron Judge to leave and go to San Francisco and I think he'd be a really good fit in San Francisco as well and to see Yankees fans cry if that happens is definitely going to be something that will be entertaining and even on the team aspect taking all that away is where do the Yankees go next if Aaron Judge does leave? Like, that is a huge hit on the, uh, their franchise after the season he had last year. So that's something, yes, that I was going to ask you guys. I guess I'll ask you guys again before I hand it over back to Mark if you think he leaves or 
or do you think he stays? And I guess some other things I've been looking at. I mean, Mark, you mentioned briefly about the payroll or kind of the whole idea that the Jays are still willing to spend. Um, I believe I saw something where they're going to be expected to operate around 215 or $220 million for their payroll next year. So clearly, yes, they are willing to really spend despite the contracts they've given out. And of course, we know another guy like Jose Brios that Ross Atkins mentioned that he's very confident he can bounce back. And I think we all are from what I understand that's the case and then of course the catching situation I've been fascinated by and I think there's been a new idea that's kind of been floated around through Joe Siddle where he's kind of floated the idea and of course this is an idea not a report or anything that the Jays should trade two catchers uh, and then kind of sign like a Christian Vasquez type of catcher to kind of platoon with Alejandro Kirk which is definitely really interesting I don't think that's going to happen but that's definitely I guess a new idea that I've seen and I've kind of been really invested with but again don't think that's going to happen so other than that I think that's all I've been kind of looking at with uh, the Jays and of course around baseball so I will hand it back to you guys will Judge still be a Yankee or will he be a Giant uh, by I guess the end of the year the Judge sweepstakes are interesting potentially the highest average annual value for a position player in baseball history if he gets what is rumored to be that $300 million a year offer from the Yankees. Um, yeah, I, I didn't come across Joe Sittle's thought on trading both catchers or two of the catchers. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I understand where it would come from, and yeah, maybe getting a more veteran voice into the catcher mix would help, but I don't know if that's actually all that realistic because it would require a lot more work from the Blue Jays I think and I think yeah like already we're talking about the difficulty of trading one catcher and how the market doesn't seem to really be developed all that much yet and as soon as we start talking about two catchers traded from the Blue Jays then it gets a whole lot more complicated in addition to the fact that it just makes the market for both catchers worse for the Blue Jays like if there's just supply demand if there's more supply in the catcher market the demand is going to be less. They're going to be able to get less for both those guys. So I don't know. Interesting thought for sure, though. Um, Okay, well, it's a little bit of a shorter episode today, but thank you to everyone who listened to this episode. We appreciate it. As always, you can support our podcast by going to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash section138pod. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at section138pod. And then as always, if you enjoy this podcast, you can go rate and review it everywhere you get your podcasts, especially Apple and Spotify. All right, we'll be back probably after the winter meetings, hopefully hopefully with some big news to talk about. We'll catch you there.